Welcome to another inspirational message from Northwest Church. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information on what your next step may be, please visit our website at northwestchurch.com.au. Welcome to the last part of the series, You and Your Stuff. Uh, like we said in week one, this was uh, a, a teaching that Daz and I heard and we really thought that it was so powerful and that we needed to bring it to the church. Uh, and so for the last four weeks, apart from Father's Day, we had you and your stuff. We covered off wisdom when it comes to our finances. We covered off work and how the best cure for broke is go and get yourself a job. Uh, we covered off um, honour. We covered off knowing God, that how inextricably linked those two things are, knowing God and generosity. And so tonight we're going to wrap it all up. We're going to look at the Hebraic model of finance. But we needed to cover off those things first because you can do as much as you like and get as much as you like right about you and your finance and even set up the Hebraic model, the, the model that God set in place to prosper people. But if you don't get those basic principles right and a few more that we'll talk about tonight briefly, then it doesn't matter how right you get the rest. If you don't get wisdom right, if you keep um, living off more than what you earn, then, then these principles won't work for you. If you don't work, if you're lazy, uh, that these principles won't work for you. If you're not generous uh, and you don't get the fact that to know God and being generous are inextricably, in, in, inextricably linked, then you will not understand um, and, and these principles won't work for you. Here's a few more of them. Uh, Sadaka. Sadaka, um, righteousness and generosity. Not only um, a generosity and knowing God inextricably linked, uh, but also sadaka and um, uh, righteousness and generosity are inextricably linked. I'm getting that word A-OK now. Uh, so sadaka is righteousness or sadak is righteousness and sadaka is generosity. And these two um, concepts, constructs, righteousness and generosity are mentioned in the Bible together 2,106 times. That's more than prayer, more than faith, more than heaven, more than hell, all put together, righteousness and generosity combined. Um, Psalms talks about it. Isaiah talks about it. In fact, in Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 15, it says that, uh, you know, God's talking and he says, your services make me sick. I don't like them at all. I, I, I can't handle your praying and, and everything that you're doing because why? It says in verse 15, when you spread out your hands in prayer, I will hide my eyes from you. Uh, even if you offer many prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are full of blood. Wash and make yourself clean. What is the remedy for this? In verse 17, it says, seek justice, encourage the oppressed, defend the cause of the fatherless and plead the case of the widow. Uh, you see, they, these doing right and righteousness, obviously, are the same thing. And part of that is generosity. Um, Luke chapter 3, verse 7 to 15, John the Baptist is talking. And um, I, I love what uh, it's been said about John the Baptist. You know, he's talking and, and, and people are coming down to the river to be baptized. Now, for someone called John the Baptist, kind of a win is people coming down to the river to get baptized. But they're coming down and John sees them coming and this is the way he talks about it. John chapter uh, Luke chapter 3, verse 7 says, John said to the crowds coming out to be baptized by him, you brood of vipers who warned you to be, to be fleeing from the current wrath. It says, produce fruit 
in keeping with repentance. And do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The ax is already at the root of the trees and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. <laughs> he's, he's having a good old crack at these people coming down to do the very thing that he's asking them to do, which is to be baptized. But he's saying, hey, your baptism of repentance doesn't mean anything unless there's a change of behavior. And what does that change of behavior into righteousness look like? It says here in verse chapter 10, uh, verse 10 of chapter 3, what should we do then? The crowd asked. John answered, the man with two tunics should share with him who has none and the one who has food should do the same. Tax collectors also came to be baptized. Teacher, they asked, what should we do? Don't collect any more than you are required to, he told them. Then some soldiers asked, and what should we do? He said, don't extort money and don't accuse people falsely. Be content with your pay. They're asking for fruit in keeping with righteousness. And what does he say? It's got to do with your behavior, your attitudes towards your stuff and the way that you were generous with it. Incredible. Uh, James chapter 2, verse 26, um, has a similar parallel all these scriptures linking generosity and righteousness because Zadaka and Zadaka are the same thing. James chapter 2 verse 26 says, And as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Fruit in keeping with righteousness. So Zadaka, basic maturity is that we begin to do every good work. So as it relates to us and our stuff, we begin to be generous with it. And that is in keeping with the fruit of righteousness. It's the best way to live. Honour. Next, sadaka, honor, wisdom, work, knowing God, um, sadaka, righteousness. Now, honor. If I were to say to you, Jesus is the only way to know God, then we would all say, yes, amen. And uh, then if I were to say, my way to Jesus is the only way to know God, you should say, no, Bron, you're a heretic. Because there are many different ways to know, to come to know Jesus. Our tradition often is, is that we have what's called an altar call. You raise your hand. Yes, I want to pray the sinner's prayer. But you know, that wasn't a common thing in Christian history, not at all. In fact, when Jesus walked the earth, a lady came and wept at his feet and, and washed his feet with her tears, dried his feet with her hair. And he said, salvation has come to you. Uh, people came with their mate and dropped him through a roof and he said, um, your faith has saved you. The faith of their friends had saved the man. Uh, um, they said to uh, the tax collector, he said, I'm going to set everything right. I'm going to give back what I owe. And he says, salvation has come to this house. So the way that we say you need to come to know Jesus, raise your hand, pray a sinner's prayer, come out the front, whatever that looks like. That's a way to come to know Jesus, to come to know God. But there are many different ways to come to know Jesus. And Jesus is, yes, absolutely the only way to know God. But my way is not the only way to know Jesus. And so we need to honour people and the different ways that they come to know Jesus and if we don't honour people, then this system of finance uh, doesn't mean anything because we're, we're just saying that we're right, you're wrong. We're in, you're out. That, that's not an attitude that God can bless. In Proverbs where it says, the world of the stingy grows smaller and smaller. It's an attitude and an, a result in action. So honour honor ourselves, honour what God's put on our life, but also honour what God's put on other people's life. Okay. We're heading into the Hebraic model of finance now. And this is um, a fundamental principle that needs to be outlined is a principle of first fruits. Now, if you're like me, in your whole upbringing, 
You knew first fruits and tithes to be the same thing. Come and bring the first to God. And, uh, and, the, and we took that to be the tithe, which meaning the first 10% of your income. And so my whole life, from when I was a little girl, I've been taught to tithe on my pocket money. If I was given money, to tithe on that um, gift as well. Why? Because when my nan gave me a dollar, God needed my 10 cents to get done what he needed to get done. Absolutely not. God didn't need my 10 cents. What God needed was my heart and, and me to put a right um, perspective and a right prioritization of my stuff in place where I gave to God what was God's. Now, here's the problem. In our English translations of the Bible, tithe is translated as tithe or first fruits, and that's what we're taught the whole way through. But actually, there's a bunch of different kinds of tithes. And this is talking about holistic giving. Now, let me just front load this because we're going to talk in detail about this. You can either do this or you don't. Uh, you, you, let me read you a scripture from 1 John. 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. It says, um, it says that he who... How about I look it up? First John chapter 2, verse 1, it says, My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is, atoning, he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. So this is not a sin issue. This is not a salvation issue. This is not a heaven versus hell issue. This is simply a way of living that you can decide to take up or not. It's completely up to you. And this is the principle of the first fruits. Now, the, uh, let's go way back into the Old Testament when Jesus talks. Uh, not Jesus. Uh, God is giving instruction um, to the people. He's talking about first fruits. And, um, but, but he talks more broadly in terms of the whole way to live. He, he asks people to leave the edges of the crop for the poor. And so essentially he's saying, put your, do your um, harvesting and leave what's on the edges so that the poor can get them. He's essentially saying, l base what you get off a circle inside a square. Off a circle inside a square. Okay, so the first offering that, is mentioned here. The first fruits offering is called the Teruma. Teruma, T-E-R-U-M-A-H, Teruma. Now, the way that the Teruma became the Teruma, uh, became a first fruits offering, was that it was lifted high to God and then placed into the hands of the priest. It was lifted high and then placed in the hands of the priest. Now, this is between 1 40th and 1 60th of your income. So, for example, if you get $1,000, uh, it was $25 out of that $1,000. It's not only the first offering, it's also the smallest offering. So if you are wondering, how do I begin this concept of God first finance, then 140th is a great place to start, placed into the hands of, in our case, the pastor. Now, let me really um, put a disclaimer in here. Uh, I can't really, I'm not going to get any extra money off this. I'll tell you a few ways why. One is because the way that our church is structured now, it's so rare that people consider me their personal pastor. We have service pastors in place. We have um, different oversights in place. So for me to be the person that cares for someone spiritually, uh, that someone would consider me to be that person is much rarer than it used to be when our church had, say, 150 people in it. There, there might not be that many people who would consider me the person they would give their teruma to. They might give it to their service pastor. They might give it to the person that they know is spiritually caring for them and would visit them in hospital and pray for their kids if they were sick, etc. They might 
give it to that person. Uh, apart from that, if you were to give it to Daz or myself, that immediately comes off our income. I'm paid part part part-time by the church. Daz is paid full-time by the church. Um, we wouldn't then double dip in that. That would come off our income. We would disclose that or put that into the general offering and, uh, and that's how it would go. So you might say, well, why wouldn't I just put it into the general offering then? Well, there's a symbolism about this uh, that is instituted in the Bible um, in the Old Testament, and it was common throughout the New Testament as well. You might say, where is it in the New Testament? It was just common practice in the New Testament. In fact, it wasn't done away with until um, 300 years later. Uh, in the, and you can read about that in the, I think, post-Nicene Fathers of the Church or something like that. We'll get to that later. But essentially, this was just commonplace for the Jews. Um, in, the, in the Mishnah, a whole volume is dedicated to the Teruma. This was a very well-known practice. Lifted high, placed in the hands, 140th uh, of the income. And, and you know what? Like anyone can afford that. $1,000, that's, $25, that's just spare change. And so um, the 140th, first fruits offering. Then there was a Ma'asa Shini. And... Um, oh, sorry, no, the next one was a Ma'asa Rishon, and that was the tithe to the church. So tithe brought into the temple, and we'll look through the scriptures in a moment and establish that actually there was the Teruma, and then the tithe, Ma'asa Rishon. Then the Ma'asa Shini, that was a self-tithe to yourself. So this is incredible. God wasn't just concerned about supplying the house of God or supplying the people who served in the temple. No, he was also concerned about each individual because that's who he is. Of course he was. The Ma'asa Shini was a tithe to yourself. And then the Ma'asa, um, the, the one to the poor, the last one, Ma'asa Ani, was every third month. So, okay, take your, your money. You give you, your first fruits, your teruma, lift it high, place it in the hands of the pastor. You then take your tithe and bring that into the storehouse, into the church. Then you would take your self-tithe, put it in your bank account. Don't touch it. It's not for Netflix. It's not for your iTunes. It's not for Foxtel. No, that's placed away into savings until to provide for your future. And then, um, just so you save that self-tithe, January, February, every third month, you would take that self-tithe and rather than putting it in your bank account, you would give it to the poor. So I don't know what that looks like for you. That might be a compassion sponsorship. That might be um, a program that you know about that's doing good amongst those who are oppressed and uh, have nothing. So that would go to them. January, February, you. March, the poor. April, May, you. June, the poor. That tenth of that one. Okay. So let's set this up. Leviticus chapter 19. Leviticus chapter 19, verse 9 and 10. Going right back to the start of instruction here. Leviticus 19, 9 and 10. I mentioned about the circle in the square. This is where this comes into place. It says this. When you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Do not go over your vineyard a second time or pick up the grapes that have fallen. Leave them for the poor and the alien I am the Lord your God. Let me get a whiteboard for this illustration. So what God's saying here when he's talking about a field, he's saying structure your life in such a way that it looks like a circle inside a square. 
circle inside a square. That's more like a lemon inside a box, but you get my point. A circle inside a square. Leave the edges. Have some margin when it comes to your finance. Now, that's unfortunately not how most Australians live. One third of all Australians, um, studies show, live uh, in a circle outside a square. They actually... Um, their circle goes beyond their income. One third of all Australians spend outside their income. Not only that, one third of all Australians, they say uh, if they were to lose their job, they would be immediately destitute. They haven't got anything put away. One third of all Australians say that they couldn't find $500 in, in an emergency if they needed to. So accustomed they are to living a circle outside a square, overspending from their income. Um, but that's not what God wanted. He wanted a circle inside a square. And we're going to see why in just a moment or how amazing this is in just a moment. So, first fruits and tithes, what's the difference? And, uh, and, and how does it all work? So, Nehemiah, let's go to Nehemiah chapter 12, verse 44. We're just going to shoot through some scriptures to establish this principle from the Old Testament and what was commonly known and held in the New Testament also. Nehemiah 12 verse 44, this is when uh, the dedication is happening um, for the wall and, and everything that's been rebuilt. It says here, at, the time, men, at that time, men were appointed to be in charge of the storerooms for the contributions, first fruits and tithes. Three separate words used here because they're three separate things. Contributions, first fruits and tithes, they are not the same thing. Nehemiah chapter 10 and verse 35 says this. It says, We also assume responsibility for bringing to the house of the Lord each year the first fruits of our crops and every fruit tree. Um, as it is written, we'll bring the firstborn, etc., etc. Then verse 37, Moreover, we'll bring to the storerooms of the house of our God, to the priests, the first of our grand meal, of our grain offerings, of the fruit of all our trees and our new wine and oil. And we will bring a tithe of our crops to the Levites, for it is the Levites who collect the tithes in all the towns where we work. First fruits for the priest, tithe for the storehouse of God. Exodus chapter 25 verse 2. Exodus 25 verse 2 says this. It says, Tell the Israelites to bring me an offering. You are to receive the offering from each man whose heart prompts him to give. These are the offerings you receive, are to receive from them. Gold, silver, bronze, blue, purple, scarlet yarn and fine linen, goat hair, excellent, ramskins dyed red and hides, ramskins dyed red and hides of sea cows. Excellent. Aquatic mammals in my footnote. Uh, acacia wood, olive oil, spices, onyx stones, etc. And then he's going to make a sanctuary. So a first fruits of everything that comes up. A first fruits of everything that comes up. The word terumah is used 87 times. Three times more than the tithe. But because it's translated 13 different ways, it's kind of almost nullified in its effectiveness because it's diluted by those numerous translations. Numbers 31 and verse 41. Numbers 31, 41. Numbers 31, 41 says this. Moses gave the tribute, which is also the, the root word there is teruma. Moses gave the teruma to Eliezer the priest as the Lord's part, as the Lord commanded Moses. He gave it to the priest, put it in the hands of the priest. Uh, numbers, oh, that's that one. Um, 
Ezekiel, because what had happened there was that they'd gotten a great plunder, but they needed the whole plunder to be sanctified. So they had to put it in the hand, the Teruma, in the hands of Eliezer the priest to sanctify the rest. That's what the Teruma does. We place it high, we put it in the hands, and it's 25 bucks out of a thousand to sanctify your whole finances, according to the scriptural pattern. Uh, um, Ezekiel 44, verse 30. Ezekiel 44, 30 says. The best of all the first fruits and of all your special gifts will belong to the priests. You are to give them the first portion of your ground. The best of the first fruits. It's, it's a biblical principle. It's here right through talking about the first fruits. And, and not for the church, but for the pastor. Ezekiel 48 verse 10. This will be the sacred portion for the priests. It will be 25,000 cubits, etc., etc., and it goes on to say, it'll be a special gift to them from the sacred portion of the land, the most holy portion, the most holy portion of your finance. Uh, Proverbs chapter 3, we know this one a bit better. Proverbs chapter 3, a bit more familiar with this one, verse 9 and 10. And if you're like me, you always thought this was your tithe. Verse 9 and 10, Honour the Lord with all your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops, and your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will be filled with new wine. First fruits. Now, Romans 11, verse 16, heading into the New Testament to establish something. Romans 11, 16. If the part of the dough offered of first fruits is holy, then the whole batch is holy. If the root is holy, so are the branches. So in the New Testament, it's reiterating this principle of the first fruits. If the first fruits is holy, the whole lot is holy. Deuteronomy chapter. Um, chapter 18 talks about uh, festivals and, and the way to come in with that. Um, and, and it talks about it being a perpetual allotment, meaning that it goes on and on. It's commanded to be a perpetual allotment. It wasn't taken out until, um, I think you can read about it in the volume 7 of the post Nicene Fathers. It wasn't taken out until Augustine's time and there was a very specific purpose that he wanted to do with that. Okay, let me just break it down for you in terms of uh, what this looks like, okay? So let's say we've got $1,000. Um, if we were to give, first of all, the Taruma, Taruma, which is 140th, then we're looking at here, that would be $25 as we talked about. We're working off $1,000, so minus $25. Then that becomes $975. Now, after that, obviously, uh, we're giving a tithe to the church. So um, our tithe or our Ma'asa Rashawn, our tithe to the church is, out of that, $97.50. So that becomes, uh, I added this up earlier, $877.50. Okay, now we're doing the tithe to ourselves. But obviously every third month that would go to the poor, um, poor as well. So I'll put that in together. And the tithe out of that is $87.70. Okay, we m subtract that off. And then what comes to us for our spending and for us to live off in terms of a circle inside a square is $789.80. Okay. I want you to see this because this is pretty fantastic. 
Now, if you, if you were to tithe off the whole amount, so this tithe came back to the gross and you didn't just go and, and subtract as you went along, then it would actually be, um, instead of 789.80, it would be $775. So we're talking in between these two amounts. Okay, let's do a little bit of maths right now because I know you'd all be super excited about this. Um, if we're talking about a circle inside a square, then and, and the ratio of what that would look like. So this is the principle that God set up right at the start and, 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 and said, hey, this is how I want you to structure your life with margin enough to leave the edges. What would the ratio be in terms of our income, in terms of our $1,000, what would the ratio be? Well, uh, well, the circumference of a circle, as you all know, is pi r squared. So this is the radius, obviously, of the circle. Now, if we want to work out the area of the square, we've got two of these, and, and then we times it by two of these. So it's actually 2r squared. 2r squared, 2r squared, just like I said, 2r squared. Um, you've got to put those brackets in the right place. Now, if we were to simplify this down, we've got pi r squared over 2 squared is 4, and r squared is r squared. Then we simplify that further, we take out the r squared, which equals pi over 4. Would you like to know what pi over 4 equals? You can do it in your head, 3.147 divided by 4. I'm going to do it on my calculator right now. And what it works out to be, 3.14 divided by 4 is 78.5%. Now you might be thinking, oh wow, thanks Bron for the maths equation. Can I take you back to our equation where we worked out how all the finance broke down with the Taruma, with the tithe to the church, with the self-tithe, with every third tithe, self-tithe being for the poor. What that works out to be is almost exactly halfway between those two. 78.5%, our resultant figure from our sum was $789.80. Mind blown. It actually all works out and adds up completely. First fruits is referenced in the New Testament, if not specifically in regards to our finance. Let me bring you to one more thing. In Galatians 6, it says, sorry, this is the second last thing. In Galatians 6, it says, let, let him who teaches you share in all good things. That's why God has asked the people to share their good things with the person that spiritually cares for them and is their oversight lifted high, placed in the hands. You see, the, the money that came into the church was never meant to provide for the pastor. It was always meant to be the first fruits that provided for the pastor and the, what came into the storehouse to be what was the work of the church. Incredible. But here's what is awesome. God gave Jesus as a first fruits offering. You see, the Bible says that before the foundation of the world, that the Lamb of God was slain before the foundation of the world. And so we saw that come to pass in a manifestation 2,000 years ago where Jesus died on the cross. So that had already taken place. He had already taken care of the sin issue. But when he came to earth, he took care of another issue. And, uh, and in 1 Corinthians 15, it says that Jesus, when he rose from the dead, he became the first fruits of all who had died. The sin issue was taken care of, but Jesus needed to take care of the death issue. Well, the Bible says, 1 Corinthians 15, he's the first fruits of all who died. What happened to Jesus? When he, was when he was on the cross, he was lifted high, lifted high. Take your first fruits, 
lifted high, placed it in the hands. Jesus was lifted high. After he was lifted high, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Who was Jesus' spiritual authority? Of course, it was the Father. And he said, into your hands I commit my spirit. He, gave, he was the first fruits of all who died. He was the Taruma. He became our Taruma. The sin's taken care of. The death's taken care of. And so I'm pretty sure our finance can be taken care of as well. This is just incredible. When Daz and I heard this, we were blown away. And so we decided that they would never implement it before. We were going to from that moment implement it. And so the people that we know would pray for us just regularly all the time. And also the... Um, those same people who would help us if we were in a jam, they would visit us in hospital, they would give us spiritual advice if we needed it. Those people, we said, right, they're the people that we're going to give our tarima to. And so now what I do is I actually do this physically. Yes, of course, I could just put it into the bank account because they are employed by the church, but I want to actually do, I want to I do it um, physically. I want to have that manifestation of it. I want to I be able to really uh, identify with this physically as well. I want it to be experiential in my life. So I have to go to the bank account because I never have any money on me, any cash. I always carry a card. I go to the ATM, I get out that cash and I stand away because I don't want anyone to see me because it might look a bit weird and I say, God, this is the first of my finance. Please sanctify it. It is all for you. Sanctify the rest. Give me financial wisdom. Help us to be um, managers of our finance the way that you want. And then I go to that person and I place it in their hands and they're horrifically embarrassed. They don't like it at all, but they've heard the teaching as well and they agree with it. So they take that and I don't know what they do with it because you know what? That's none of my business. I don't have a clue what they do with it after I give it to them, but that's none of my business. So I give it to them and that's the end of it for me. I just want to encourage you to take time to consider this. If you are wrestling with it, take time to come and talk to me about this. Let's, let's hash this out together and let's, uh, let's decide that we want God to sanctify our finance. It's all His anyway, as we established in the first week. It's all His anyway and why not apply what He has asked His people to do with it to ourselves. I encourage you to listen to the rest of the uh, weeks if you hadn't had a chance and uh, let's really get a hold of this and decide what we're going to do. Let's be informed in our decision making around what we're going to do with our finance. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring faith or a follower of Jesus, there is a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to northwestchurch.com.au. And thanks again for listening.